Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North. Welcome in, Minnesota United fans. I am Jonathan Harrison alongside Dan Terrar for week four of Loon Talk. Unfortunately, more disappointing news to talk about tonight as uh, your loons fall once again to Colorado this time. They are now 0-4 on the season. Uh, before we jump into that, Dan Terrar, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing all right, yeah. better, Probably better than the club is right now. And uh, <laughs> tough times, tough times in Blaine, I think. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting week considering they have two games on the docket before mm-hmm. a bye week. And then but one more game, I believe. Two and home then games, Jonathan. Two, two home, home games. home games. That'll help. We've two never home lost games. three in a row at Allianz. <laughs> <laughs> They've never lost twice at Allianz, and they did that this year. So I'm looking for anything I can find. Setting all kinds of records this year. Not in the good sense, though. Not in the good sense, no. Yeah. Um, you are listening to Loon Talk, as we're going to start calling it, the most unofficially official Minnesota United podcast, as Dan Terrar and myself are the radio crew for Minnesota United broadcasts. So we are technically employed by the team. This instance for Loon Talk, we are employed by Score North, so we're not employed by the team. So that makes us, I guess, the most unofficially official Loon yeah. Talk podcast. Of- podcast. Yeah. Officially. <laughs> officially uh you just want to jump right into this then you know we could tap dance around it we could talk about the weather but we might as well there it is yeah 0-4 4 4 on the season in my i mean honestly jonathan in your wildest dreams if someone had told you this team would start 0-4 you would have said no not a chance right no i I wouldn't have imagined they'd gone for an 0-4 no, a team can go team can go two and two. You can go one one and you know two, and you'd go yeah, whatever that happens. Yeah. But especially knowing that two of the first four were at Allianz, you would have said there's no way this team goes zero and four. Especially um, with the two of the teams they had on the schedule going into the season, you thought one of them's an expansion team and the other one's yeah. RSL who didn't have a good season last year. You thought yeah. yeah, maybe we could do something with this, and then you look at. The other factor going into the the first game of the season, Seattle, with all the injuries they had, the change of formation they had, you figured you could come out of those first three games 3-0. Maybe, yeah. And then you go to Colorado, a team that you beat in the playoffs 3-0, and you haven't lost to them in a while. You thought you could go 4-0, and now it's the complete opposite. 4-0 would have been much more believable a month ago than 0-4. Because of the way that they played in the playoffs last season, getting to the Western Conference Finals, everything, and then the additions they made in the offseason, uh, the emergence of uh, Emmanuel Reynoso and Dane mm-hmm. St. Clair, and you had every reason to think that things would be completely different right now. Um, so that's what makes this uh, even more difficult than it would be. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so let's just dive into this game. Uh, Minnesota lose 3-2, but that 2 at the end of that means the Loons finally got on the goal sc- or the score sheet, and the first one came off Emmanuel Reynoso, a wonderful free kick by him. Uh, it it felt like as he was lining up for that kick that you watched him, you watched him set it up, you watched his kind of stare at the goal and his approach to it. It felt like he, he was thinking, I'm going to make this just because we need something, and I'm going to start it right here right now and he makes it and it's it's an unstoppable free kick. William Yarbrough tried as hard as he could, stretched as far as he could, but he could not stop that. 
and uh, great confidence in in the kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, during the during the call, uh, Jan Gregoosh went over, and it really looked to me, and I guessed at the time, and I said, I think Jan's just saying, "Kid, just put it in the net. Yeah. We need this," and that's what he did. And that's how good he is at set pieces. Um, he is. I think we're going to find out in the next couple of years, as long as he's healthy and he stays here in Minnesota, um, that he's. We're going to see him be one of the best in the league at set pieces, yeah. and and that's a great weapon to have. Little disappointed the corner kicks haven't been a little more successful, but um, it's early in the year yet. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with you 100. percent It looked like he just said, you know what. I need to put this ball in the net, and yeah. uh, it was it was a great it was a great it was a great strike. Yeah. Before that, though, we got uh, the best basically attacking spell from the club since probably the first half against Seattle, where they were putting chance after chance after chance on the the Colorado net. Just yeah. nothing was going through, but they it felt like the most confident that team has been since the first half in Seattle. They just they were pressing. Colorado. They weren't giving Colorado a chance. Michael Barrios almost had a goal, but that would have been completely against the run of play. The ball was basically in the Colorado penalty area the entire time leading up to that. It was it was an impressive amount of it was impressive attacking showing by the team that hasn't scored many goals this season going into yeah. that goal. And the the big difference between that and that first half in Seattle, which is pretty sad that we're still looking back at that one-sided loss in Seattle is the benchmark for where you want to be. But the first (laughs) half, they did play well. The difference uh, on Saturday was they were up two to nothing at halftime. Mm -hmm. And they seemed, they they seemed so confident, even though, even though they gave up some of the play late in the first half and there was Colorado put on some pressure and stuff, but you thought, you know what, that's fine. That's Minnesota just wanting to get in the locker room and, and and group for halftime, and then Colorado comes out and they pick up where they left off, and and it was just it was it was uh, I was shocked. I you know did not expect that there'd be such a drastic swing in play at that point in the match because they seemed very confident and they played strong for you know forty of the forty five minutes in yeah. the first half. Yeah, and we we, we skip past the Sonny Dotson goal, which was a great bit of passing, like. There was three one-touch passes or three passes there that were just outstanding on that. Ozzy Alonso to uh, Robin Lode, who passed it then to Emmanuel Reynoso, who passed it back to Robin Lode, who, while he was looking the other direction, passes it through two Colorado defenders to Asani Dotson, who was able to just tap it in. But yeah, the end of the half, we mentioned this in the broad, in the post-match show, that that end of the half, the end of the first half, when Colorado had a, Colorado had a number of chances was definitely a signifier for what was about to come. We just didn't realize it at the time. Yeah. Yeah, hindsight, you see that. Uh, another thing about the pass by Robin Lood is if he, if, if you watch it again and you watch him, if he takes a look over at Hassani Dotson, even a quick glance, that's going to take that other middle back. I can't remember which guy was where uh, for Colorado at the time. If it was trusty or what. But if he even glances in Robin Lood's direction – that defender is going to cover him, or yeah. I'm sorry, if he looks in Hassani Dotson's direction. Yeah, he didn't even look, and that and that made both middlebacks think that that Robin was going to take this to the goal and shoot himself, and that's what freed up Hassani Dotson. Mm-hmm. And a no look pass was incredible. I mean, it, it, the more I watch that play, the more amazing it is because I'm I'm convinced that if if Lude even 
even glances over at Hassani for a split second, that changes what the defense does. Absolutely. And, and those are those little things that people don't see in, in, in people's games, uh, particularly someone like Robin or Emmanuel Reynoso. It's those little things that, that you just go, wow. Yeah. You know? And rewatching the broadcast, Kendra was talking about this during the match that those three of Reynoso, Lode, and uh, Hassani up front, the attacking three for that night were just so impressive in the middle because they both, all three of them were basically just in the middle of the field. They took out yep. the width. They expect, they wanted their width to come from the fullbacks, which we'll talk about that later, but the width, they gave away their width at, for the guy, the three guys to basically clump in the middle and they all three knew each, where each other, where each other were at every moment of that, the first 30 minutes or so of that game. And it worked mm-hmm. out magnificently. Unfortunately, it didn't go on for much longer, but when they did play it correctly and play it right, it worked out well. Yeah. Uh, again, that's why the second half was so shocking. Even even after Colorado scored their first goal, you went, okay, all right, wake-up call, right? You know, here yeah. we go. And, and then that didn't happen. They scored the second goal. And I kept waiting for them to resume as they had in the first half. And they just, at that point, there was so mo- so much momentum and so much confidence in the in the Colorado attack that um, even with some fresh legs on with some substitutions, Minnesota couldn't, uh, couldn't turn it around. Yeah. And the second half, they, it basically, we can get to the second half now. We've Did you watch the whole first. second half again? Yeah. I wanted to oh, get notes man. on it. I mean, I can see watching the first half, but I can't believe you watched that whole second half. again. I was at home with the two month old or the one, one and a half month old who was sleeping at the time. So I'm like, I got nothing better to do. So <laughs> yeah, you this. could have cleaned the diaper pail. That'd have been better than that'd have been better than watching that second <laughs> half again. <laughs> so the second half it starts and it's immediately noticeable. There's no urgency from, from Minnesota. They're not pressing. They're not pressing up top. They're not harassing the midfield like they were in the first half. The mid Minnesota's midfield lost control of that match in the second half, and it was just a lack of urgency. There was no pressing. There was no basically will to try and get another to get a third goal. Do you think that was a team sitting on a two to nothing lead? I don't think that's what Adrian would have wanted because seeing how he's managed this team in the past, he never wants it just to be two two nil. He yeah. always wants more. Right. So Normally, I don't know that not, that was yeah. Yeah, he's not the one to sit sit and hold on to that lead. He wants more. That right. did not seem like that was something from him. That I don't want to give him an excuse that saying it was elevation, but that has been a problem with a lot of teams in the past going to Colorado. The elevation comes into effect, especially when you're flying in the day of, which they yeah. did. They flew in that morning. You don't have enough time to kind of get used to the lack of or the elevation. But I don't know. It just didn't feel like they had any urgency looking at that match again. There was no urgency in that second half. No, it was there was a definite change, and and I agree with you. It's not normally what we'd see in Adrian Heath is to say, "All right, we're up two nil, let's drop back, let's hold on his lead." But that being said, this is not a normal year. He's uh, he's and this 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 portion brought to you by Barks Root Beer. Um, <laughs> this is not this is not a normal. It's the only good root beer, Dan. <laughs> this is not a normal season. So we could say normally Adrian would be no. Let's go get one more. Let's go get two more. Let's just let's put it. Let's put our our, our sort of boot on their boot on their throat and and yeah. win this. But this is not a normal year, you know. And this was a a you know a team desperate for a win. So maybe you know the strategy was at halftime. 
let's let's just let's hold this on and get out of here you know yeah. so I, we don't know we're we're only speculating at this point that's why we're unofficially official <laughs> that's why they're mo- we're the most unofficially official right. podcast around we don't <laughs> <laughs> we don't know everything um once Colorado scored that first goal you could see in both teams body that everything about the match completely changed Colorado instantly started pressing all over the field they were not letting Minnesota have a second uh, yeah. Second thought on the ball, and then Minnesota, on the other hand, couldn't figure out how to keep the ball. They couldn't figure out how to yeah. have a spell of possession at all after that first goal. Yeah, and you could feel it coming. I mean, when they scored that first goal, it was like, well, yeah, well, duh. You yeah. know, this is this was this has been coming since before halftime, and so it was like, okay, and that's that's why I said my only hope was, okay, they deserve to give up this goal. Uh, Colorado's been just dominating them since late in the first half. And and my hope was that then then all of a sudden this would be like, boom, all right, this is a slap in the face. We got to get back to playing the way we were earlier in the match and take control of the midfield and do what we were doing right. So many things were going right in that first half. And it just didn't happen. I mean, just Colorado just kept, you know, snowballing their effort and, and they got better and better as the match went on. Yeah, and then the ball bounces right in front of Dane St. Clair, and he's not able to catch it because of the rain and the short bounce, and then Mm -hmm. it lands right at the foot of Cole Bassett, who's able to just put it in. Cole Bassett, once he came on, Colorado were completely different. Um, Eunice Nomley, good in his own right, but Cole Bassett, the promising youngster for the the Rapids, changed that game. He was all over the field. I want to see how much miles he ran because he was – there was one sec – there was one moment, I think it was in the 70th minute, he made that cross to Diego Rubio – who headed it in, but he was offside. And then literally the next play, he's on the completely other side of the field, like not even 30 Mm -hmm. seconds later, forcing a chance on Minnesota. He was impressive um, in that game. Another guy who was impressive, Jack Price, in the second half, had all day to find and pick passes just because the lack of uh, pressing by Minnesota's midfield. Um, The game-winning goal, it, it came from a spot. It was a free kick. It came from a spot that... Colorado had tried to cross in from previously. Cole Bassett had made that cross to Diego Rubio from that basically that same exact spot that Jack Bryce took that kick and was headed in by Danny Wilson. That's something that they had clearly focused on and practiced going into this game because they had tried it two times before that goal went in. They knew what they were doing with that specific mm-hmm. spot, it seemed like. Yeah, and I think that's part to do with uh, they did their homework. They saw yeah. what had worked against Minnesota in the past and that that particular ball from that area has has troubled Minnesota's defense for four matches, and so I think they just they were they were, they knew what they were doing. They knew what what had troubled uh, the Minnesota defense in the past, and yeah, so it was a, it was a goal that you know if, if someone gets a decent touch and clears it decent you know efficiently, that goal doesn't happen. But they didn't, and. You know, you can't – it's like in basketball. If you give some team three or four offensive rebounds, they're going to eventually right. get a basket on you. And you let that ball keep, you know, bouncing around in the 18, eventually someone's going to put it in the net. And yeah. and they did. And, and it just – it was – you know, I, it, it, remi- it felt, felt a lot like that Western Conference final um, out in Seattle. You know, yeah. it was like all we got to do is just finish this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we take it for granted when teams sit on a lead and it doesn't make for a lot of times very in- entertaining soccer. But if a team's good at it, they get a lot of wins that way. And mm-hmm. 
That's and what Austin did last week. Austin did it very well against Minnesota last week. And I think mm-hmm. that, you know, would anybody blame Adrian if he did say at halftime, and I don't know what he told the team at halftime, you know, all right, we're going to shut this thing down. We're going to get out of here and win 2-0, you know. We, we just need to, you know, because it works for many teams, and it's mm-hmm. very effective. Um, teams will do it when they're up one to nothing, and they get past the 65th minute, you know. Especially yeah. on the road. Yeah, especially where you on the road. You generally don't have – have much luck. It's it's a great strategy, but it's not. It just it's did not, not even the wrong. Work. Yeah, it's not even yeah. the wrong strategy, except when it doesn't work, right. and then it looks horrible. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know what the strategy was going into the second half, but it wouldn't have been the wrong call if that's what it was. Um, and so I don't know if it was a you know just Minnesota unable to battle the the altitude like you mentioned if they just couldn't. If if Colorado came out and played that well that they couldn't gain any momentum, I don't know. Or if it was a defensive-minded strategy that allowed all those chances. But you know, at the end of the day, it, it it's you know it's on the players mm-hmm. to make the plays. You know, whether it's raining or not, and it was slippery and it was wet and yeah. But Colorado was playing on the same pitch, so yeah. Uh, so that's enough about that game. A couple things much. we couple things we learned from it uh the offense they found a way to score again they yeah. brought that back so mm-hmm. hopefully and, they can continue that that three yeah. man that three man front worked magnificently it's just you got to figure out how you can have width with it without sacrificing your defense like they did well but on Saturday. but with the with the way they played defense i thought that it gave uh particularly roman um it gave him more options to play offensively yeah. Because you had you had two midfield, you had both Will Trap and Ozzy Alonso sinking back deep to help the defense, and at times Jan Gray Goose was back there too. Yeah. Um, so I like the four three three. I hope he stays with that and gives that a chance to see if that'll continue to to turn into more more goals. Mm-hmm. Um, but Metaner was a was a beast again, running up and down that wing. Mm-hmm. Chase is still struggling. Um, yeah. Hasn't been a good season where, for him. Yeah, he's he's trying. I think he's trying to figure out: am I a am I a defensive back? You know, am I a guy that's going to specialize in defense? Because he is. He can be very good defensively when he's in position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the when first he gets out seasons, of position, he's in trouble. Yeah, the first two seasons we saw he does the defense side pretty dang well. Like yeah. got him a U.S. Men's National Team call up. Mm-hmm. He got on for the U.S. at one time because he was good on the defensive side. Yep. Now, he said he wanted to focus, I think it was before the Seattle match, he met with the press, and he said he was fo- he, this offseason he focused on the offense. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that hasn't shown well because anytime he's on the offensive side, when he tries to do the cross or the pass, it doesn't go yeah. anywhere good. It goes and, to the other team most of the time. Yeah, and you want him to work on that part of his game, yeah. obviously, but you know maybe he needs to just step back a little bit and say, all right, I got to make sure I'm taking care of my defense. If the offense comes, great. If it doesn't, yeah. I'm still going to play lockdown defense. Right. And, you know, maybe that's – but, you know, again, we're, 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 we're picking apart little tiny portions of play, and at the end of the day, this isn't about – this probably isn't about little things anymore. Now it's become – because you're 0-4, mm-hmm. it's become a, a big thing. Yeah. And big plays and big things have to happen. Changes in the lineup, uh, players not starting that has started before. Everything's off the table now, and and it has to be because you're own four. 
Yeah. You have to figure out a way to turn this around and yep. get at least a Quick. point, hopefully a win coming up on Wednesday night. Um, Robin Lode being back showed again how good he has been for this team so far this season. He he was just in that first half when the Loons were controlling the ball and had actually offensive attacks. He showed just how good he is making those runs, finding spaces, mm-hmm. creating with uh, Emmanuel Reynoso. He showed how good he was. But then when the Loons don't have the ball and they can't get the ball up to him, I don't remember many times in the second half, if at all, that we mentioned his name. Yeah, well, in that in that second half, we didn't yeah we didn't talk about anybody anybody up front because um, the ball was you know in the Minnesota half virtually the camera most was stuck going it. one way. Yeah, I think the camera was broken; it wouldn't go <laughs> wouldn't go the other direction. So, you know, and but you know, if you're a forward, you can only do so much. Yeah. If they aren't getting if they aren't if, if the midfielders aren't getting possession of the ball and they aren't getting it up to you at least on a ball that's playable or manageable, you're, you're out of the game. And, you know, you see sometimes then forwards get desperate and they start dipping back lower and lower trying to get the ball. Yeah. Well, then they're so far out of position, they're out of the run. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you want to stay disciplined, but at some point, you know, you, there's desperation takes over discipline. And, and, yeah, you just don't you just didn't see anything working well in the, in the second half. So then that brings us to the fact that they are 0-4 again. Mm-hmm. Um, it also brings us to the fact that the hashtag is back. The hashtag HeathOut is back. And personally, I think that's really dumb. The team just went to the Western <laughs> Conference five months ago. Granted, they are 0-4. You'd be stupid to say that the seat isn't warming up. They're 0-4 in a, in a season that there was a lot of expectations for this club. So you'd be stupid to say that that seat isn't warming up. But... This Heath out movement seems like it's just uh, the same movement that's been trying to get him out for years now, which is just I've, I saw someone say that this team has never overperformed, which is baffling to me because they got to the Western Conference final without a striker <laughs> last year. Yeah, excuse me, what this team has never overperformed? They absolutely they got ten wins out of a team that had their <laughs> one of their big signings be a bust two games in. And I don't know that, how this team hasn't overperformed in the past. That may be. <laughs> That may be one of the biggest. Now that we see their zero and four, yeah, that might make it even more clear that they completely overperformed at the end exactly. of last season. To say that I they mean, they've never overperformed under Adrian Heath is baffling to here, me. Here's the deal with with sports fans, and and being I've lived in Minnesota almost my whole life, I'll, I'll say Minnesota sports fans. You know, they 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 are so quick to pull the trigger on players, and I mean, do you remember? Do you remember when they all wanted Robin Lode run out of town? Yeah, he's and now terrible. he's one of the best players. He can't do anything. Um, here's the deal. Look at all the coaches, the Timberwolves and the Wild have had. Yeah. Hasn't made a bit of difference. The not Timberwolves are still the bit. worst professional sports organization in this country. <laughs> and, and, and the Wild and are battling close. close behind them trying to, <laughs> trying to get that spot. And, and they change coaches for the same reason. Yeah. You know what? At the end of the day, and I get why you fire coaches. I totally get it. The coach's job is to win. And if a coach doesn't win enough, he knows he'll lose his job. Everybody knows he'll lose his job. Yeah, it's part but, of business. But to think that that you could replace your coach, say say you replace your coach right now, that this team would all of a sudden turn around and and in in a, in a month they'd be up at the top of the Western Conference is just silly because right. it's still the same players. Yeah, it's still I the mean, same team now. 
if there is a thought that the players are not playing for a coach, then you have to make a change. Yeah. And if I don't the, think that's the case here. I don't see I, that I, no. with this team. I, I, I haven't seen any indication that the players are done playing for Adrian Heath. And, yeah. and if, if that does happen, well, you have no choice. You have to, yeah. you have to move on because you can't fire a team. You can yeah. fire a coach. You can fire, you know, the, the general manager, um, the sporting director. But to do it at this point just doesn't make sense. Um, well, and you think about it logistically. Yeah. Adrian Heath basically runs the entire sporting operation, essentially, because mm-hmm. uh, the front office basically essentially reports to him after after all the moving they did, what, two years ago now, mm-hmm. before last year. So if you get rid of him, you get rid of the entire front office in the middle of the season, which doesn't make sense. I mean, you think about the schedule, it could be a good time because they have two games this week, they have a bye week, one more game, and then they have a month off for the Gold Cup, which give that month, you know, you give that month to the new head coach, whoever it is, then you have them basically basically with their own new preseason in the middle of the season. But again, Four games in to say Heath out is a little bit ridiculous because they, like I said, going into this portion of the show, they just went to the Western Conference final six yeah. months ago without an actual striker in their team. Yeah, so that they overperformed and, to get there, you could say. And it's great. That's what's so. That's the about the only thing that social media is useful for is for people <laughs> to vent. And yeah. unfortunately, the it seems to me that the the negative minded people and the angry people and the hateful people seem to drown out the people that are saying, eh, you know what? Hey, they went to the Western conference finals and surprised everybody last year. And, you know, and that's, that's the toughest thing about, about social media is um, it can be so dark and so negative. And I don't, I don't get that because growing up in Minnesota and being disappointed over and over again by Minnesota sports teams, I still get more enjoyment if I'm positive and have a good attitude. Right. And as soon as you get down there in the dirt and you start complaining and, and hating and, and stuff, man, that just takes a, why watch? Right. You know, my, my son exactly. got so frustrated with the, with the Vikings last year. And I said, why do you watch? <laughs> I said, I yeah. watch because there's always a hope. Yeah. It's sports. So yeah, I, I don't think there's a change coming this week, but then again, it's not my decision. So yeah, I mean, um, this is a team that he took this team from giving up seventy goals a season to for two straight seasons. <laughs> after that, they uh, never dropped below the playoff line. They were always above the playoff line for two yeah. straight seasons. Yeah, no, and, and this was this was all pretty much, and it wasn't like oh that was a surprise. This was pretty much right in track with a, what Adrian said he wanted to do mm-hmm. when he got the job coaching this expansion franchise. Yeah, he said it was a three-year plan. The third year, they got to the playoffs and looked pretty dang good doing it. The fourth year, they got to the Western Conference Finals. Yep. Well, what happens is, you know, fans want to win so badly. Yeah. And we do, too. We all want to win. Yeah. And and, and I I, I don't think – I think we're dealing with with a group of fans. By the way, a lot of the fans aren't that way. No. It's just the vocal ones are. Mm -hmm. They want to win so bad that they don't care – who they step on, who they roll over, who right. gets fired, who get you know, and that's fine. Win at all costs. But at the end of the day, you got to remember it's they don't make the decisions, and and their hashtags aren't going to have any effect on the people making the decision. 
Well, God, I hope not. <laughs> Hopefully yeah. not. If so, then we that'd have bigger a, issues. That'd be a scary world, wouldn't it? So, um, <laughs> you know what? Relax. Oh, I think I just quoted Aaron Rodgers. I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> you mean the future Vikings quarterback? That's a different Oh, podcast. don't never even mind. go there. <laughs> <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> so I can firmly place this podcast in the not Heath out category for now? No, I, I it wouldn't make it. Okay, and by the way, whenever you want to run a coach off because the team isn't doing what you think they should do, you got to have a replacement. Yeah. You don't just you don't just magically grow a new coach that does right. everything that that the that the negative fans want. Yeah, and you I saw some hilarious uh, suggestions for the new coach: Jurgen Klinsmann, the guy who's basically just been a prog- professional grifter for the past five years after he lost the the U.S. Men's National Team job. What? He basically ruined Hertha Berlin for a season what? and a half. What I saw would David Wagner, the guy who started Schalke's demise to having one of the worst seasons in Bundesliga history. Thierry Henry, who left the Montreal job two weeks before the season started because he wanted to be home with his family during the coronavirus pandemic. Yeah, he's going to come back to America. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Some of these suggestions uh, are weird and just yeah. mind-blowing. Like. Yeah. They're not going to pay Jurgen Klinsmann to come here the amount of money that he's going to want and the amount of control he's going to want and trust him to do a good job and not no. – yeah. No. He lasted a month at Hurt the Berlin before he quit. <laughs> That's what we need. We need a quitter. You're right. We you need a guy a who's going to come in, get paid $4 million, and then quit oh, after a month. Mm, that's a good idea. After you, got, after you just gave five years to oh. Adrian Heath. Makes Let's sense. move on. It's getting sweaty in here. I'm getting upset. Let's move on to look around the league. A little worked up. (laughs) Let's talk about somebody else's problems. Who else has got Uh, problems? uh, Columbus fans do now. Why? Their uh, their ownership, after saving them from moving to Austin, have now rebranded the club. They're no longer Columbus Crew. They're Columbus Soccer Club. And the fans are not happy because they got rid of the name that's been there since 1996. Why would you do that? I don't know. And they got rid of the badge, which was a... A pretty good badge. They got rid of it for a not-so-good one. It's not as bad as Chicago's, but it's not as good as the one they had just had, that what's, they had just rebranded to. Well, okay, now, a lot of times when, when sports teams rebrand, whether that rebranding is a name change or a logo change or just color changes, it's about selling merchandise. It's yeah. about, you know, just starting clean. I, I don't understand what... This is a this is a team that's very successful right now. Mm-hmm. Why? I have no idea. And and I I, I guess I always kind of like the name Columbus Crew. It's a great name. It they went they went to a more bland European name. Like part of the joy or part of the, the <laughs> should we be FC of... Columbus or Columbus FC? Hmm. CF Montreal Club de Foot Montreal. You want to go yeah. to that one? Yeah. No. It it I don't know. It's come on. Part of the joy of of MLS is having this weird quirky naming that we have in this league. Crew like, crew, crew is a great name. New England crew Revolution would indicate great name. indicate a team. Yeah. We're a crew, we're a team, we're working together. Crew can be the fans. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed in that too. I saw the I saw the uh the new logo too and that does nothing for me, so. Right. The old logo is great. I don't understand why you would yeah. change it in the for one in the middle of the season too at all because it was fantastic. That logo basically stood for the club staying in Columbus, what the fans fought for. The fans basically stopped <laughs> a rich owner from moving the team. Like yeah. He was forced to basically start an expansion club so he could get his wish, which I don't think I've ever heard of a group of fans being able to keep control or keep their team in town after their owner was dead set on moving them. 
I can't remember that in American sports. Can you? No, normally they uh, they normally just build, moves. They've got to build them a stadium or something to get them yeah. to stay. Usually, there's got to be some some big. I mean, giant eventually carrot. they eventually <laughs> they did build a new stadium, but they had to get a new owner because Anthony right. Precourt just wanted Austin FC, and it's a thing now. Yeah. Um, outside of that, uh, looking at the rest of the league, Seattle win yet again this time in a wild two two one win. That this penalty kick sequence is just yes. wild. Diego Valeri, who doesn't miss these things very often, steps up, kicks the first one, gets stopped by Stefan Fry, who made his thousandth save of his career in the MLS. Uh, but then it was called back because he stepped off the line too early. So they retake it again. Diego Valeri steps up once again, kicks it. It goes off the bar, goes right back to him, and he boots it back into the net. But because Stefan Fry didn't touch it, it's a dead ball after that. So Seattle end up getting the 2-1 win. I watched that this afternoon, and I, I watched it about three times. I was like, "Wow, you can't, you how can't lucky make, did Seattle get there? You can't, you can't make this stuff up, can you? No." And <laughs> Seattle just keep good. on rolling. Yeah, when we all thought team. they were dead in the they're water, when side. we thought they were just going to have a poor season, Brian Schmetzer pulls it out again. Yeah, we got them started too. <laughs> so, like two years or three Why years ago, when we started every team's hot run. Yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> Uh, more games, LAFC back to their losing ways in the LA Derby. I'm never calling it what everybody else calls it. I don't like that name. What? El Trafico. I think it's a dumb name. El Trafico? Okay. Yeah. It's a playoff El Clasico, which is Real Madrid, Barcelona. I don't know. I'm not a fan of El Trafico. I'll always call it the LA LA Derby. It's an inner city rivalry, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, Chicharito, my guy, scores the opening goal, and that one gets his first LA Derby Mm -hmm. goal. Mm-hmm. Um, other games, Sporting Kansas City come back from a goal down to pull out their home win against Austin FC. Sporting Kansas City really haven't returned to normal, I guess, in a couple of years now. They got to mm-hmm. the playoffs last year, Minnesota beat them, and then they haven't really been on a good run this season. No, they're kind of up and down a little bit, but it's early. I think they're going to be okay. Austin proving it. once again just how tough they are. Like They go into Sporting Kansas City, a generally yeah. tough place to go into, get the 1-0 lead, and then, unfortunately, they go a man down and then give up two goals. But they look Austin like FC a team, proving how good they are. They look like a, an expansion team that has 100% bought into what their coach wants them to do, mm-hmm. playing and dedicating themselves to a certain game plan. And, you know, that's what you get when you do that. You yeah. Know? And then Minnesota's next opponent, Vancouver, secure 2-1 or 2-0, excuse me, Win against Montreal. The Whitecaps are two one and one on the season. Uh, yeah. We fa- the Loons face them on Wednesday night. Uh, other news, other uh, look around the league news. Sunday featured three MLS games on broadcast television, including an ABC doubleheader. So with the NWSL Challenge Cup final on CBS on Saturday, NBC broadcasting Manchester City and Chelsea on Saturday. It's the first time we've had all major networks broadcast soccer in one weekend. Really? Wow. Yeah. Did you think wow. we'd ever get to this point in America where soccer's being broadcast so prevalently on the on the national channels? You know, being being someone that was around for the uh, NASL run with the Minnesota Kicks, mm-hmm. and once that you know died down, I would have said, "Wow, well, maybe it won't happen." Because at that time, in the late seventies, early eighties, that was the talk. This is going to grow. This is going to explode. Yeah. And soccer is going to grow in this country. It's going to get bigger in every season, and the league's going to expand. And then it went, oh, okay, well, never mind. That didn't work. <laughs> so 
And after that, you know, you, you went through, you know, and yes, there's always been professional soccer, but it was quiet. It was almost like it was a little dormant for a while. And then, you know, the MLS is, is you know, comes back and they come back strong and here we are. So, yeah, I don't know if we, I, I don't know if after the uh, NASL, uh, you know, wasn't able to succeed doing basically what the MLS is doing right now, trying to do, uh, they didn't have quite the, they didn't have the teams with the money and the and the stadiums and the infrastructure they do now. Um, it was a different time. Uh, I didn't know if it would ever happen, but that's huge. I didn't realize that. All right, so, so should we get to it? Should we get to write that down? Yes. So this is write that down here on Loon Talk. Uh, we make three predictions, at least one of them Minnesota United related. We keep track of the correct predictions throughout the year, and most goals at the end of the year wins the Golden Boot. Our correct predictions are our goals. So far, Dan, I think you are leading, but let's take a quick accountability session. Nothing for you this week. You had nothing come off the board. Everything everything I had was down the road. Yeah. Longer-term predictions. I don't think yeah. I had any. I couldn't have gotten anything this week, could I? No. No, everything, everything was more down the road. You yeah. had Loons will make the playoffs and a couple yeah. other things. But yeah. Okay, yeah. that's good. I'm okay with that then. Yeah. And then, so I had three things come off the board. I went back and I didn't see anything all right, all right, all right related. So Matthew no. McConaughey related during the wrong, Minnesota wrong, United wrong, Austin wrong. FC broadcast. Um, the Lo- I said the Loons will keep a clean sheet this weekend, referring to the Colorado match. They did not, unfortunately. Look good, look good for half. Yep. And then I said <laughs> PSG will come back and beat Man City in the Champions League. Unfortunately, they crashed out in spectacular fashion, uh, not winning at all, and then all being right. pretty chippy later in the match. Um, so, so far, our standings are pretty average, pretty mm-hmm. pretty weak right now. You've it's got early. one goal. You've got 33% correct. I've got no goals and none correct so far. Yeah. So... Let's take. Let's start our predictions. Dan, you want to start? You, I went first last week. You go ahead. Okay. What's your first I, one? My first one. Emmanuel Reynoso will be involved in at least three goals in the next two games. So we have two games Ooh. between now and the next broadcast. He will be involved in three goals in the next two games. That will be a goal or an MLS registered assist. So that's either wow. the assist or, I guess, what you would call a hockey assist. They call it three so in the, the next pass. two games. Yep. Okay. So Wednesday and then Saturday. All right. I don't know. Right. That's for a team that's only scored a couple of goals all year. That's a little gutsy. So, got to have some right. faith somewhere. All right. I went with, and this may be just me looking for an easy point, but <laughs> at this point they're zero four, so there's no easy points. Minnesota United will get a W this week. Write that down. <laughs> you can laugh. That's very vague. You can I laugh, like but but I could have said that last week and it didn't happen. Yeah. In fact, you did say it. Go back to that other board where you said they'd get a clean sheet. Yeah. I just wanted to get a win. <laughs> That's so vague. Write that down. Well, I was going to say they'll get three points, but that's the same thing. So, After the match on Saturday, Declan Goff, producer for Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily, texted me, MNUFC will not lose on Saturday. Well, there goes that write that down prediction. <laughs> yeah. All right. I just wanted to win a, just win a match. We've got a couple of listener predictions today, both from okay. Nick D. Okay, Nick. Uh, the first one, we'll, we'll do his first one here and then his next one at, in the next round. Uh, okay. He said, Adrian Heath will be fired or resigns if they lose on Wednesday. So if they lose on Wednesday, so basically they have to lose on Wednesday for this prediction to come true because if they okay. don't lose and they lose on Saturday yeah. and then he fires, then it doesn't doesn't count because well, it's very specific. And, and fired or resign or, uh, have become kind of the same thing now yeah because you hardly ever hear about anybody being fired 
you know, they come to a mutual agreement or yeah. the coach has stepped down. Well, the coach stepped down because they said, if you don't step down, we're going to fire you. So it's <laughs> yeah, really the same it, they make thing. make it look dignified, at because, least. Because I got to tell you, Adrian's not going to step down. No, no. And I wouldn't. He may, he, I, don't know, I don't know if he'll get fired if they lose Wednesday, but he's not stepping down. Yeah. At least not technically. So anyway, okay, but, well, write that down. But with write the wording, down. they have to lose on Wednesday. Otherwise, this prediction will not come true. Actually, yes, right. So, All right. My next one, Christian Pulisic will score at least one goal in the Champions League final. So him and Zach Steffen will be the first two Americans to play in the UEFA Champions League final ever. And so Christian Pulisic playing You're calling for Chelsea. calling a goal? I'm calling a goal. I mean, he scored wow. the first goal in the first leg to get Chelsea to the final and then had an assist to basically put Real Madrid away in the second leg. All right. So he's been yeah, he's real good. I think he'll score a goal. That's gutsy. Write that down. Write that down. All right. San Jose will not see the top of the Western Conference standings again this year. Write that down. Okay. All right. Because they were in first place last week. Now I think they're one point out. They've been pretty good this season. They're one point out. So obviously... You know what? The Loons need to play them. Ever since Almeida took over there... Adrian Heath has his number. They just and they always score four or five goals against them. Mm-hmm. Loons just need a good yeah. match with San Jose. Just make it happen. I don't care who they play. Anybody. <laughs> just get a win. Yeah. All right. The other one from Nick D. Dane St. Clair will lose his starting job by Saturday if the Loons lose on Wednesday. I don't think Dane's played that bad. He had the you know one what? Okay, he had the one if... bad bounce against Colorado. That gave up the equalizing goal, which kind of killed the team's momentum more. But other than that, I don't think he's played that bad. Are you are you here's what I struggle with. If a team's struggling and you take a player and start someone else, does that mean they lost their starting job? I mean If it's just you, for one been, game, I don't think so, but if no, it's from multiple so, games. So I, then I yeah. guess the way he worded it, I think there's a really good chance that Miller could start Wednesday. He could start Saturday. At any point, he could get a start. Why? Yeah. Because he's a starting goaltender. Yep. He's going to be a starter somewhere. If it's not here in Minnesota, he will be. He's that good. So really, if, you know. In, so how do we judge if he loses the job? Do I think we, we just to have to go. He's, on that? I, th- I think all we're doing is saying is is if, if, the, if the Loons lose on Wednesday, he's predicting that. Tyler Miller will start on Saturday. And and we've talked I, about that. I've that got no problem with before. that. I don't yeah. think I don't think they're losing because of Dane St. Clair. No. But then and again, we've talked about that situation before. They where... didn't start Ethan Finley last week, not because they were losing because of Ethan Finley, because you got to make some changes. You've mm-hmm. got to try some different things. So, yeah. um, no, I actually like that one. I think yeah. there's a really good chance that if they don't win on Wednesday, I think there's a good chance that there's several lineup changes because because Adrian always playing, makes changes after losses, and it's a quick turnaround. Yeah, you're going Wednesday to Saturday, so yeah, I I think that's a good one. I think he's got a real good. Let's let's hope that doesn't come into play because both right. of his both of his predictions have to do with the team losing on Wednesday. Yeah, and I don't want to go zero and five. No, let's not go zero and five. No, no. <laughs> Those post game shows are hard when it's when it's zero and three, zero and four. I can't imagine zero and five. No, no. <laughs> let's let's not even go there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, my final one: Juventus, who are currently on the outside looking in on Champions League qualification in Serie A, 
they will not qualify for Champions League this season despite winning the last nine Scudettos. They are they won't win it this year because Inter Milan uh, locked that up this last weekend. I don't think Juventus will qualify. Okay, Juventus no qualify. They will not qualify for Champions League this season. Okay, write that down. Write that down. All right, I wanted I wanted to get some points in the books right away on Wednesday. Okay, so here's what I'm going. Wednesday, there's six MLS matches Wednesday. That includes the Minnesota Vancouver match, right? Right. All right. The road teams will win at least three. Oh. Interesting. Write that down. That's an interesting pick. Got any reasons? I was bored. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was looking Fair at enough. the matchups, and, and I was looking at the matchups for Wednesday, and I thought, yeah, they could it. win on the road. They could win on the road. And I said, yeah, we could get three wins on the road. And this way, if Minnesota does lose, which I hope they don't, well, then I got a really good chance of getting that point. So, so is this uh, just for Wednesday's so yeah. game, or is this Wednesday and Thursday? Because there's a game on Thursday. Nope, just Wednesday. There's just six Wednesday? matches Wednesday. Yep, three of them will be road wins. Now, so far, the so far on Wednesday. The, no, go ahead. What's so that that's why? Um, but there'll be a tie in there, and then I'm screwed. So whatever. <laughs> I was yeah. gonna say I'm looking at these matches. I could see Columbus beating Toronto on the Columbus road. Columbus will win on the road. Montreal is visiting Miami, but it's really like they're in the same state because Montreal is playing in Orlando, I think. This, so to me, I look at that season. as almost like there's not as much home field advantage in that one. So I don't think New England's beating Philadelphia in Philadelphia. Nope. Probably Kansas not. Kansas City faces Houston, and it's not the wrong time of year to go down to Houston. It's the good no. time when it's not Kansas City hot. could win that one. Vancouver visits Minnesota, that's and then Seattle visits San Jose, two See, top teams in the West. I'm kind of hoping that Seattle. You could get right this. That you could and get see, this because, by Columbus, so, Kansas City, and Seattle. So listen to this, though. If if uh, San Jose does win at home, it'll probably ruin my chances of getting that that prediction right. Yeah. And they would move back into first place, which would mess up my first, my second pick. So. <laughs> it really would. Yeah, so I'm kind of banking on, I'm banking on San Jose losing, I guess, Wednesday. There's Big a lot time. on the line in that match, I guess. I yeah, there is. More than, wow. I, more than I really planned. <laughs> <laughs> you did not realize that. All right, so we're nearing the end of the show. Quick preview of the Vancouver and the Dallas matches because we have two matches between now and the next recording. We're talking with a guest, trying to line them up. We will let you know if we have that guest. You can ask them any questions if you want at our Twitter mm-hmm. Uh, feeds at John Harrison 90 or at Dan Tara on Twitter. If you're watching the YouTube feeds, they are name tags on the uh, stream here. So uh, quickly, your thoughts on Vancouver two one and one on the season and then Dallas as well. Um, well I'm not going to have a lot to give you on Dallas because I can only prepare for one match at a time. And I'm focused <laughs> on Vancouver right now. Vancouver is better than probably we thought. Yeah. Or they're playing better right now, which being that they don't have, a home field is kind of surprising. Don't you think that'd be extremely difficult? Oh, it's got to be absolutely difficult. You're playing, you're asking all these players and coaches to spend time away from their family. And that's why, as I mentioned earlier, Thierry Henry, he was the head coach of Montreal and he left. He decided mm-hmm. he couldn't do it anymore. He couldn't be away from his family so, for that long again. Because you asked so him to do I it guess, last year. Yeah, and I guess with that in mind, the uh, the situation without having a home games technically um, – and just being disrupted from your whole lifestyle, your family. But then again, when a player comes over here from Brazil, he comes and brings his family, and they have to readjust. So maybe it's not as yeah. big a deal as, as I'm thinking. But um, I just what little I've watched of Vancouver play, um, 
they're just they're just playing good sound uh, soccer, you know, up front in the middle in the back. So they're just they're just a good team. I don't know if they're a great team, but you know, it shouldn't matter. Minnesota's got to go in with the mindset that we're at home, and this is where we win games. And man, if you're going to end a losing streak, it's probably going to happen at home. So yeah. I just I wasn't overwhelmed by how great Vancouver looks, but yet. You look at their record, and you're going, wow, they're playing some pretty good teams. And I think I think they're a better team than we thought, but um, Minnesota is is a better team than they're playing like. So yeah. uh, I think that I hope that can add up to you know that first win of the season on Wednesday. And hey, Vancouver already have a draw in the year, which is more than they had last year. Yeah, they didn't have they any somehow last went year? last year. <laughs> they went. They somehow I mean, went was, last year without a single draw, which is astounding. It was a shortened season, but I mean, yeah, that that's really unusual. That's yeah, just it was either a win or loss for them. Yeah, so I, I think you know this. Let's not let's not be afraid of Vancouver all of a sudden. Um, but at this point, does it really matter who Minnesota's playing? You're zero yeah. four. You've lost to good teams. You've lost to bad teams. You lost to an expansion team. It doesn't matter who they're playing. They got. They, Just get they only have to worry about themselves. There, yep. there's no. It doesn't really matter. So for that reason, I mean, I guess I don't. Just not that concerned about Vancouver right now. All of my, all of our concerns are are with you know the our home in-house. team with with Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. What are they going to do? And you know, Vancouver. We just hope is the first victim. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully we can, uh, we said this last week, we've said this pretty much every week, hopefully we can come back and talk about at least a win, if not two of them, by next uh, Monday night. Yeah, two of them would change the uh, change you the. You have to six around. points and you're already in playoff contention there. It would change the feel of things, it would change the attitude, it would, you know, it might get rid of a few hashtags out there. With, I don't know, <laughs> probably not. So. I don't know, probably not. But, Those people are you know, Dallas is another, I think, and I think you prepare... And look at Dallas and Vancouver, kind of similar, you know. Are they great teams? I don't think so. Are they good teams? Yeah, but we're 0-4. Everybody's good. Everybody's better than us right now. We're the worst. We're, yeah. I mean, we're, 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 in, we're, the, we're the worst record in the league. We're not the worst team in the league. If anybody thinks that, then that's well, you're entitled to your opinion. But right now, we have the worst record. <laughs> that's a clean way we, of saying it. We have the worst record in the league right now, so everybody's a challenge. Yeah. So... Dallas, Vancouver, they're the same. You got to prepare. You got to score goals. You got to play defense. And it uh, doesn't matter who you're playing. They got to do that against anybody. So, man, I hope they can get it done this week. Two wins would change a lot of things. Yeah, it certainly would. Uh, that has been it for the most unofficially official Loons podcast. We call it, we like to call it Loon Talk here on Score North and anywhere you find your podcast. You can watch us over on Score North's YouTube channel. Otherwise, anywhere you find your podcasts, find Loon Talk. Just search Loon Talk and tell a friend. You can also rate, review, and subscribe. It helps us get boosted. Dan, it's been good talking to you again. We will see you Wednesday night for Minnesota United versus Vancouver right here on Score North. It should be a great game. Hopefully they get that first win at home and turn this thing around. What time is our pregame on Score North? Are we a 7.30 pregame? 7.30, 8 o'clock kick. 8 o'clock kick. I will be there. I will be there, sir. Good to know. See you Wednesday. See you Wednesday, sir.